You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of The Hero of the Story. I'm Aaron, and with me, of course, is Brian. Brian, hey everybody. I am doing well. You're doing well. That's good. That's I know you good. didn't ask that. You asked what's up, but it's kind of interchangeable, I guess. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. Um, I mean, you know you're up right so there you go um (laughs) so brian the last couple episodes of the show um we have been talking about the big ideas from your book gospel-centered kids ministry which um a new edition of has just been released from bnh publishing um you can get that wherever books are sold um so we do encourage you to check that out the over the over the first we've been doing a five-part series around the book and over the first four parts we've talked about um the the problem the the discipleship problem at the heart of the the open back door of the church that statistics are showing us that um only three out of ten kids are having a consistent discipleship experience from from childhood through adulthood that um seven out of ten are having a disruption around around the time that they start college um, at which point they either are leaving altogether or leaving for a significant period of time and then returning Um, that um, and that that at the the heart at the heart of all this if we if we want to if we want to make a difference in this that we have to consider what kind of what kind of environment are we creating and what are we teaching um there and so ultimately we want to be rooting kids we want to be rooting kids students adults everybody in the church in the gospel week in and week out in every ministry that we have in our churches and so that has led us to talk through the practicality of gospel-centered teaching we've talked about what it look what that means in terms of transformation in our lives we've talked most recently about um about gospel-centered mission and now we get to talk about the most practical piece of all which really comes down to us as gospel-centered leaders and parents Um, because as parents we are the primary disciple makers of our children and as leaders in the church as kids ministry leaders in our churches we are the we are the primary disciple makers in our service time at church with our with our fellow members children so um so there's a huge opportunity that we have there and um we and we get to be a part of that process and so we have a duty a, a duty and obligation and a, and a privilege to make uh to make the most of that so brian let's uh let's let's just get real practical here and and what kind of principles can you offer to to get us started well i think the first one i, I think we need to step away from super practical for a minute and sure. come back to it because I, I think we need to take a step back and 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 really consider our identity as as leaders and parents and and again for the rest of our conversation these will be interchangeable so if we lapse and just refer to parents or leaders we're really speaking uh, to both here yeah uh, and uh, that way we don't have to be clumsy every time and you know have all these caveats <laughs> uh, but as we think about our identity we have to understand that we have been tasked by 
our living God, our holy God, to do this. And he equips those whom he calls. We're up for this. And this is serious work. This is weighty work that, that he has given us to do. This, this, I mean, this, this is incredibly important, as, as we've been talking about. And the reason why I want to bang this drum for a minute is because, in my estimation, I see too few of leaders and parents who own that, who, who live out that identity. Uh, I, what I see is, is more of a, of a posture of, who, who am I? I I'm a no, but I'm just a kid's leader. I, I just teach kids Sunday school, or I'm just a parent. I, I've never been to seminary. I'm, again, on the staff side, I, mm-hmm. I'm, just the, I'm the kid's pastor. I'm, I'm not the real pastor. I'm not the, the lead pastor. And it's almost, we feel at times like we're sitting at the kiddie table at Thanksgiving instead of sitting at the, at the adult table. Right. Um, to me, that is tragic. We've got to break that thinking. Um, no, this is an incredibly important ministry, and we need to be thought leaders. We need to be theologians uh, par excellence because of the calling God has given us. Uh, I've told people, to me, the, the greatest example that you have theological depth is your ability to, to speak to the deep truths of God in simple ways. Yeah. Now, we usually turn that around. We usually think, well, we hear, if you've ever heard some theologians kind of talking with one another and they're using terms that are going way over everybody's head and they're dealing with things, and we think, oh, no, that's really theologically robust. And it is. Mm-hmm. But really, I would argue that the greatest way that you can prove that you are a theologian is by taking the weighty complex truths that we encounter in Scripture and communicating them in a way that a child would understand. Yep. So, in my thinking then, the greatest theologians we should have should be our kids' leaders and parents who are doing that day in and day out. Because if you don't understand what, you know, you just won't be able to, to teach it. So, to be right. able to bring these down to a simple level. So, for us as, as parents and us as kids' leaders to understand this calling that God has given us, our identity, that He's equipped us to do what He's called us to do, and that we, um, we are men and women who are doing this weighty calling, to me, that, that's a big first step. So now getting practical. I think one of the things that, that we need to do is we need to be students. Um, I, I think we need to be readers. Leaders are readers. We've, we've heard that phrase so often. I think it's true here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all busy people. But again, this is a, a weighty calling God has given us. And so I think we need to be growing and, and reading, stretching ourselves, uh, reading broadly, reading some, some theology works, again, to, to deepen our understanding, um, reading uh, historical uh, accounts of, of missionaries and those who have gone before us. These, these biographies, for example, are so mm-hmm. helpful. Um, reading practice practical ministry-based, reading as a parent, reading practical parenting and marriage and so forth, books mm-hmm. on those and, and articles and so forth, and just, just really diving in and, and sharpening and refining and growing. Um, for kids' ministry, let me kind of step there a little bit more. I would, I would say, man, we've got to do everything we can to protect our time worshiping with the body of Christ. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that's hard. I, I hear quite often of, of ministry leaders, uh, especially like kids pastors, for example, who say, man, I don't get to go to worship because I'm doing ministry during that time. Right. Well, we're hurting ourselves. We're hurting the church. We're hurting our calling. So we got to do whatever we can to fight uh, to be in there. You know, 
positioning your leaders, having A and B teams or whatever it takes to say, all right, you're serving one week, you're off the next. Or if you have multiple services, making that a requirement. No, you, you lead one, you serve one, and you attend, you worship another service because we need to protect the spiritual well-being of our people, of ourselves. So, you know, there's just a couple practical, and I'll take a breath because yeah. I've been talking for a long time and, and see what ideas you have. I want to start by reemphasizing one of the one of those points the 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 reading the reading portion um, that piece and, and that 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 connection to our identity that that really if we're seeing kids ministry correctly that that we should that the strongest theologians in our churches should be our kids ministry leaders for some of you hearing that that might feel really really intimidating but here but here's the thing you're already a theologian yep. All of us are theologians. We are all make constantly making theological statements about God, whether we realize it or not. Um, when you teach right now, that's what you're doing. Yep. And so, don't don't feel like you um, you're that you're incapable of doing this. Recognize that it's something that you're already doing, and that you're not doing it in a vacuum either. That you have resources to help you. Um, you have resources like if um, your your curriculum, if you're using the Gospel Project, for example, it is a theologically rich kids yeah. ministry curriculum. Um, the the big picture question and answers in that those are theological questions, yeah. um, and there are seventy six of them that are in the that are that exist in in the big picture questions and answers which is a is a resource that we have available and most of those get used in the curriculum itself um over the course of a cycle um but on top of that we have but there are there are resources that you can that you can go and and get that are that are Pract simple, practical, helpful things. Brian, I know you wrote um, you wrote a book called uh, Cornerstones yeah. um, for for families, and it has both a um, it has both a Q and A book that's that's beautifully illustrated um, that is for working with with kids with, um, but it also has a um, parent. Guide. It also has a parent guide to help um, to help you as you know as as the adult understand concepts in in a really simple way that um you may not feel as confident explaining exactly. about yourself um so there there's things like that that are out there um one thing that you could always um the the piece that you you want to keep in mind in your reading is that the book you want to always be reading first is of course your own bible because that's where that's where you get most of your theological insight from it's where you it's where you do your deepest and best learning if you're going to if you're going to neglect any kind of reading don't let it be that one <laughs> yep without a doubt you know um yeah and i think that what you just were saying Aaron, is, is so critical and so let's just say this this plainly I would argue the best teaching, again, whether that's in a in a church environment teaching or parents discipling, the best discipleship, the best teaching is from the overflow. Yeah. It's when we are taking what we've experienced, when we are amazed by God's goodness, God, God's kindness to us, what we've experienced, and that overflows. That's the, the best discipleship and teaching we can get. So when we're spending time in His Word, when we're letting the Holy Spirit go and work in, in our minds and hearts and and appreciating the transformation that He is, is working in and through us, that positions us beautifully to disciple our kids. Um, 
you know, I, I write a weekly blog, blog post uh, for the Gospel Project content. So it's designed for Gospel Project for kids and leaders to go and read that blog post the week leading up to a session. And I write that with, with that mindset. Um, it's not a very super practical, hey, here's a different activity you can try. It's not that. Yeah. It's really, hey, I want to get into your heart. Well, more appropriately, I want the Word of God to get into your heart. Yeah. And, and I want you to be in awe. My goal when somebody finishes reading that blog post is that they are sitting in awe or standing in awe of, of our holy God. Yeah. And that then should drive my hope and my prayer. That should drive them as they lead, as they teach um, the content, and so it's it's that that mentality that I think we want to we want to pursue. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and 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 we want that. I mean, and ultimately, that's what it, what it comes down to in in our own lives. That's what we want for ourselves. That's what we that's why we do what we do. Um, but as we as we continue on thinking about the the practical side, one thing that we can do to be to be helpful too is um, when we're coming up against. Um, when we're coming up against topics that, or concepts that we don't really know a lot about, there, there are always two things that we can do. One, if a kid asks us a question, if one of, our, if one of the children that we're serving or one of our own children asks, asks a big idea that we just don't know the answer to, there are three wonderful words that should always be at the top of your vocabulary. I don't know. Yep. If you don't know, just say so. And it's okay. Yep. Um, but it's then, good. It's, it's not just it's, okay. It's good. Yeah, exactly. It's really good because one, it remind it reminds your kids that you're a person too, and that you're learning just as much as they are. Um, two, um, that it's also a sign of humility. Yeah. That that none of us can know fully God because He's infinite. Exactly. Exactly. We weren't up to interesting challenges at my house because I have three little well actually kids. Yeah. <laughs> they they absolutely get that from their dad. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, we we encounter this too. We we're going through right now and talking about the uh, the the incarnation and mm-hmm. and so the, this idea that the God the Son is eternal. And yet Jesus was born. Mm-hmm. That's that's a hard concept for a six-year-old. It hard, is even my ten-year-old. I mean, it's a hard concept for a thirty-year-old. Exactly. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, and, and trying to be precise, I'm I'm yeah. trying to teach them to be precise with their language. Yes. So when they say Jesus is eternal, I'm like, well, yeah, the Son of God, the Son of God is, God eternal. is eternal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so trying, and then that of and course then Jesus is the Son of God. Exactly. And, then that yeah. just you know, and then my six-year-old, but he is God, and and, and so forth. Yeah, so we exactly. have these wonderful. Uh, conversations trying to noodle on these yeah. nuances but it's beautiful it's yeah. wonderful yeah and there are times we just have to throw up our hands and say no yeah this is hard to understand yeah in my in my kids ministry class at uh at my church we ended up we were dealing with the it was actually with the the incarnation and um that led into a com- an entire conversation prompted by the kids about the trinity mm. And that was hard. Oh, yeah. Because, um, and it actually it was specifically, sorry, it wasn't the incarnation. It was actually um, Jesus' baptism. Okay. Because we see all three, all three persons of yep. the Trinity are there. Um, and they're all and they're all distinct from yes. one another because you have Jesus, the Son of God, in in the flesh. You have the Father speaking from the heavens, and you have the Holy Spirit who's descended and rested upon him in the form of a dove. <laughs> yep. um, that's 
that's a hard thing to explain and going through the process of, of, of talking about these big ideas and saying, guys, here's the deal. I actually can't give you an analogy for this. I can't tell you that, that God in three persons is like anything because God in three persons is like nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing we can compare God to is God. And, um, and, and so for, for me to be able to explain to them, okay, here's the deal. There is one God. There is one God who exists as three, three persons. Um, and, and even that strange language of yeah. persons is important because we can't say because to say people and, and this conversation I've had as a follow up with my own kids has been uh, because they're like, well, why are you saying persons and not people? Persons is, is poor grammar. And it's like, yes, that's true. It is poor grammar. Good job. But um, <laughs> Sometimes poor grammar is good theology. <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, is that people using the word people implies a, a, a separation of essence. Yeah. They are, if you say that God is three people, then you have three gods. Not one God who exists as three persons. Yeah. And I think this is this is the axiom that that you know I want to encourage our our leaders and our, our parents to remember. You push out as far as you can, mm -hmm. but you understand you'll never always get there. And so, yep, you know, right there, that's kind of the stopping point. Right, exactly. You, you, you say, all right, this is a tension. This is a mystery. Yeah, um, uh, you know, yeah. Jesus being fully God and fully man. There's a tension there. We can't right. explain it readily, and and we let our kids embrace exactly. That. We have to we have to let them know it's okay for these tensions to exist, and that we need to be we need to be comfortable with them. Yeah, we should yearn to understand them. I want to understand these Absolutely. things. Absolutely, I have no idea how this works. Exactly, and and it's it's important for us to engage with them at times and think mm -hmm. about them and and so forth, so we don't make the mistake of saying, "Well, I'll never understand that. It's too much of a mystery. I'm not going to ever think about it." At the same time, we don't want to say, "All right, I'm going to I'm going to solve this." Yeah. That there's this tension, and we want our kids to know that from the get-go. And the, one of the greatest ways we can do this is by us being transparent and vulnerable with them and saying, I don't quite understand this. Um, nobody does. Yep. But here's what we know to be true. And so we need to rest in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as as parents, um, one of the, and parents and leaders, one of the other things that we we get to do is we get to help our kids see the goodness of God consistently. We get to lead them through diff very difficult circumstances at time. Yeah. Um, and some of that comes down to um, just practically um, talking to them about what we're feeling and what we're dealing with in, in age appropriate ways, yeah. not putting too much burden on them. But um, so for example, um, because you know, as we've joked about incessantly on this podcast, I'm Canadian and that means that I'm, and that means I am not American and I live in America that has unique challenges. And that, um, includes 
a lot of anxiety because there's a lot of paperwork yeah. that's involved. And people who know me well know that um, that if I were the type of person who broke out in hives, there are two things that would make me do that. One is spreadsheets, um, and two is paperwork. And I deal with both of those you, on a daily basis. You know, my goal is to be the third. Um, that Brian is going to make me break, break absolutely. Out that's, that's absolutely. My goal. You know, thank you. I appreciate that. You're a good friend, Brian. I try. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but for me, for, 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 uh, for me and for my wife, um, what we, what we have to do is we, we, we talk through a lot of that with our kids and we're saying, you know, Hey, this is, this is stressful. Mm -hmm. This isn't something that you need to worry about, but this is something that you can be praying for us for and that we can be praying together for and that we can remind each other and we can be reminding all of us as a family. It's like, hey, let's think about how God's been good to us over this past year while we've been dealing with this. So um, so real practical thinking about, okay, so um, at the beginning of this calendar year, we didn't know if we were going to still be living in America. <laughs> because we were in the midst of applications being yeah. Um, being processed and things like this. And so right up until, you know, and see, we would see little bits of progress and then it would just be quiet for a long time. And then we'd see a little bit of progress and then be quiet for a long time. And then all of a sudden it was, okay, everything is good to go. And then, and then we got more good news after that. And then, which was, uh, and then we got another thing that was good news. And, and so it was, so it was pieces like this. Um, on the flip side though, when we have, when we, or when we have friends who are uh, within our church suffering with things that just aren't getting better. Um, at, at my church, we have a we have a family that has a little boy who ha has a very rare form of cancer. As a church, we're all praying for a miracle. Yeah. Obviously, <clears throat> we know that God can do anything, and that if and if he if if it's His will that this little boy is going to be is going to you know grow up and have a you know have a, a completely normal life, then then that's going to happen. We know that if he's going to go home tomorrow, that's going to happen too. Um, but that God is good in all of that. And so it gives us an opportunity to to show our kids how we walk through suffering with other people yeah. as well. And so these are these are parts of being gospel centered disciples, disciple makers with yeah. our kids. Yeah, it, it's showing how the truth of the gospel is is shaping and changing how we live. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, so guys, don't think of uh, of this as something something new that you have to do. Remember that ultimately, being being a gospel centered leader, being a gospel centered parent, is just living out your faith with your yeah, kids. Exactly. And so, I think that's actually a really good place for us to to leave so. this off, Brian. Um, so. Man, I'm glad we had this this talk about this this issue. Um, and listeners, I hope it's been helpful for you. And um, we hope that uh, if you're finding this this uh, not just this series, but if you're finding the podcast helpful, that you'll uh, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the show. Um, share it with it with a friend, uh, with some of your teammates in your ministry as well, um, because we want. 
ultimately that's why we make this is is to help you in your ministry so thanks for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time thanks for listening to the hero of the story presented by the gospel project a family of resources revealing how all scripture gives testimony to jesus learn more at gospelproject.com